the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The House begins a marathon of hearings on the events of January 6th. You will see evidence of what motivated this violence, including directly from those who participated in this attack. A bipartisan Senate group continues to push for a gun safety bill. Gun control, controlling the weapon is not the way to control the behavior of the people who fire the weapon. National gas prices hit $5 a gallon for the first time in history. We have to, you know, really think about how far we can travel or where we can go. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Friday, June 10th. I'm Mike Scott. In the war in Ukraine, Russian forces now control most of the city of Severodonetsk in eastern Ukraine, with Ukrainians holding ground in its industrial zone. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky described the battle as the epicenter and a key to the fate of the Donbass region. Both sides are believed to be suffering heavy losses in the urban fighting, but are keeping casualty figures quiet. Western intelligence agencies say a Russian victory in Severodonetsk would allow Russia to continue pushing into further parts of eastern Ukraine. Ed Arnold is a research fellow at the Royal United Services Institute and discussed the latest on the fight in Ukraine. So Russians in the east are starting to make steady progress, and it's really centered around the uh, city of Severodonetsk. Um, advances using heavy use of um, artillery uh, in order to try and take that city, and also Russian forces stepping up their propaganda campaign against Ukrainian troops, Ukrainian troops in the area, starting to receive text messages um, designed to lower Ukrainian morale, which must be starting to lower. For the first time in this war, uh, Ukraine has gone public with its uh, casualty figures, and it's assessed with a range of about 100 to 150 killed in action a day, and between 500 and 800 uh, wounded in action also per day. Arnold also says Ukraine's troops are mostly inexperienced. Uh, that's unsustainable at the moment. And while Ukraine have been very successful at mobilising, they've roughly doubled their available um, forces uh, since the start of the war. These are relatively inexperienced uh, potential troops. And on the east, they made the decision at the start of the war to put their most experienced troops on the contact line in the Donbass. So this is a real critical time for Ukraine at the moment. The International Atomic Energy Agency, the UN's atomic watchdog, says that Iran has begun removing 27 cameras monitoring its nuclear activity in a move that could prevent international inspectors from gaining a clear picture of Tehran's uranium enrichment work. Experts say the actions could deal a fatal blow to efforts to revive a 2015 nuclear deal. 
Rafael Grossi, the director general of the IAEA, said at a news conference in Vienna. You know, in terms of the capacities, there's nothing that that happened between Monday and, and today that, that would affect that, that quantitative uh, assessment. What we are seeing is that the, uh, because of the decision that has is being announced to us today is, is, is a decrease of the visibility that the agency is going to have um, about what's happening in Iran. Of course, that this is something I deplore. Grossi says that the move by Iran can potentially harm the renewed Iran deal because there would be no way to get a baseline from Iran. Well, uh, if, if we were in that, in that, at that moment, in that position, if there was a, a return uh, to, the, to the JCPOA or an attempt to return to the JCPOA now or in the future, the agency would not be able to to give a service to the to the parties in terms of telling telling them what the baseline is, where they are, where they are. So it can be whatever. Uh, uh, so unless the agency can say this is where these are the quantities, these are the volumes, and from here you can determine what you want to reduce, how we can verify that. When we lose this, well, then it's anybody's guess. According to the IAEA, it appears Iran intends to remove the bulk of the cameras and other monitoring gear installed back in 2015. Without the cameras in place, Iran could divert centrifuges used for uranium enrichment to other unknown locations. Iran condemned the censure resolution from the IAEA board as a political and unconstructive action. That according to a foreign ministry statement. In Washington, D.C. last night, the House Select Committee investigating the January 6, 2021 rioting on the Capitol began a marathon of public hearings with a primetime session Thursday evening aimed at convincing a divided nation that former President Donald Trump's claims of a stolen election incited followers to try to interrupt the peaceful transfer of power. Representative Liz Cheney of Wyoming is one Republican serving on the January 6th committee, and she argued the committee will show America evidence of the origins of January 6th. Tonight and in the weeks to come, you will see evidence of what motivated this violence, including directly from those who participated in this attack. You will see video of them explaining what caused them to do it. You will see their posts on social media. We will show you what they have said in federal court. On this point, there is no room for debate. Those who invaded our Capitol and battled law enforcement for hours were motivated by what President Trump had told them, that the election was stolen and that he was the rightful president. Testimony was heard from former Trump advisor Jason Miller. At some point in the conversation, Matt Oskowski, who is the lead data person, was brought on. And I remember he delivered to the president pretty blunt terms uh, that he was going to lose. And that was based, uh, Mr. Miller, on Matt and the data team's assessment of the sort of county by county, state by state results as reported. Correct. During the hearing... A previously unreleased video was played as well. We lost the line. We lost the line. All of you need to get back. 
Representative Steve Scalise of Louisiana joined Fox News and says, in his opinion, laws may have been broken by the committee. Pelosi, who paid this Hollywood producer? Because it's against the law to use taxpayer funds to produce a documentary uh, trying to promote their political agenda or go after their political opponents. And we haven't really heard an answer. You know, who paid this guy? We know who he is. He not only produced this video, he also supposedly covered up for Jeffrey Epstein. You know, so he's got his own track record. But how did he get paid? Because uh, he's not allowed to get taxpayer money to get paid. And if you did it for free, that's an in-kind contribution, which is also mm. illegal. So I think the question of who did pay him and how much did he get paid and how did that transaction even occur is an interesting question yeah. because there may be violations of law. Indiana Congressman Jim Banks says the American people are more interested in inflation and not what he calls a primetime partisan show by Democrats. They're tired of the theatrics. They want their, 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 their congressmen and women to focus on the issues that matter most to them, but instead this is what we're left up to. It's a shame, and, uh, and uh, I, I believe that it will backfire big time on these Democrats uh, as we near uh, the election to come. The ongoing gun control debate continues to royal Washington. According to reports, the bipartisan committee discussing gun safety measures is still trying to find areas of compromise. Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut confirmed that raising the federal age to purchase semi-automatic sport rifles to 21 is off the table in Senate gun control talks. Murphy, the Democrat leading the negotiations in conjunction with Republican Senator John Cornyn of Texas, is framing the shift is one of the compromises that will be needed to get at least 10 Republican votes on the full package, given the obstacle of the filibuster. Murphy explains that one area of compromise would be adding additional scrutiny to 18 to 21-year-olds looking to buy a weapon like an AR-15-style rifle. John Stadden, a professor of psychology and biology and author of the new book, Science in the Age of Unreason, joined the Daybreak Insider podcast discussing how passions and not facts have taken over many of our debates, like gun control. Stadden says that part of the problem of passions surpassing facts is the no-hypothesis testing method that is often used in social science. The problem is that the method that has been very, very widely adopted in social science and in biomedical science, the so-called null hypothesis testing method, is simply inappropriate. It's inappropriate in the sense that it doesn't lead to replicable results very often. It's inappropriate because conclusions are drawn from group averages about individuals. And uh, finally, because there's no overarching theory, each little group has its own criteria, its own jargon. And so the criticism, which is basic to science, it depends entirely on criticism. Criticism is muted because people uh, communicate with themselves. They publish in their own journals. They have their own set of values and so on. Stadden explains how gun control is actually focusing on the wrong thing. Gun control, controlling the weapon, is not the way to control the behavior of the people who fire the weapon. 
I mean, in Mexico, for example, they have much more stringent gun relations gun rules than we do. I think the frequency of gun ownership is way less than it is here. And yet the, the murder rate caused by guns is way higher than it is here. On the other hand, you go to a country like Switzerland, uh, where everybody has a weapon, but they're very well trained in it. They all have to go into a kind of national guard when the young young men have to. And, of course, the murder rate there is extremely low. But the gun isn't the problem. The people are the problem. Stadden goes on to say that focusing on the gun is simply political. Focusing on the guns is politically convenient. There are various bête noire in the field, like the NRA. <laughs> the NRA lobbies are supposed to be so powerful, even though the lobbies are things like the gun manufacturers, the tech manufacturers, are you know tens or hundreds of times more. So it's just it's become a political, uh, uh, like a Pavlovian reflex. People respond to guns the way Pavlov's dogs responded to a bell. Stadden also says that when it comes to red flag laws, details matter. The red flag laws are, yeah, they should be red flags in the lives of these young men uh, that would make them uh, uh, bad gun owners. But the details are really, really important. And so far, I at least don't know all the details, and I suspect the public doesn't know know them either. Until we do, it's hard to evaluate. But I would underline, focus on the guns is just a distraction. Stan says going forward, scientists should not use their expertise to move the needle on political issues. The editor of the journal Science, which is one of the big uh, general science journals, the other one's called Nature, the editor of Science recently said that scientists should be more involved in the political process. Well, that's, that's really a very bad piece of advice. Yeah, as private citizens, of course they should be involved. They're interested in it. But as scientists, they should keep it well out of the way. And encouraging scientists to use their supposed prestige to move a political issue is very, very dangerous because science itself is just fact. It's just fact. And as I said before, science is a map, not a destination. The Daybreak Insider Podcast gives our thanks to John Stadden for joining us this morning. And you can purchase John's book at regnery.com and on amazon.com. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi got in a huff with a reporter insisting Thursday that Supreme Court justices have adequate protection, even as a serious bid to assassinate Justice Brett Kavanaugh at his Maryland home was foiled just one day earlier. Congressional Republicans have urged the House to approve a Senate-passed bill that would give the nation's leading jurists and their families the same level of security as legislators and White House officials. The Senate passed the bill by unanimous consent, but the measure is languishing in the Democrat-controlled House and has been for a month. Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton joined the Hugh Hewitt Show to discuss the attempt on Justice Brett Kavanaugh's life. It was a truly shocking moment in American history when a Democratic hitman was narrowly deterred from murdering Justice Kavanaugh and presumably his wife and daughters as well. This is someone uh, who was probably aware of what Chuck Schumer had said just a couple years ago on the steps of the Supreme Court, Hugh, when he specifically threatened Brett Kavanaugh by name, saying that he had 
reap the whirlwind, and he wouldn't know what hit him. He was going to pay the price. This also happens after you've had left-wing street militias protesting outside of Justice Kavanaugh's home and other justice home in direct and explicit violation of federal law. Cotton says that Attorney General Merrick Garland won't prosecute protesters who violate the law by picketing outside the homes of Supreme Court justices. Yet the hapless partisan hack Merrick Garland refuses to enforce federal law. In fact, they did it again last night, Hugh, on the very same day that a Democratic hitman tried to murder Brett Kavanaugh. You had another left-wing street militia announce in advance on the Internet that they were going to violate federal law, yet not a single one was arrested. Cotton says it's shameful that the House Speaker won't hold a vote on the security for the justices bill. Merrick Garland should resign in disgrace. And if he won't resign in disgrace, he should be impeached in January for his dereliction of duty. And this is also at a time when Nancy Pelosi refuses to pass a bill or even have a vote on the bill that passed the Supreme Court or passed the Senate unanimously last month, you to provide enhanced security, not just for the justices, but for their families. Hugh, what would have happened if that Democratic hitman had shown up in one in, one o'clock in the afternoon as opposed to one o'clock in the morning when Justice Kavanaugh wasn't at home and therefore there were not police present at his home. Cotton went on to explain to the Salem Radio Network he believes the Supreme Court should release their opinion on the abortion case now. It's disgraceful that Nancy Pelosi refuses to even have a vote on this Supreme Court security bill that passed unanimously last month. And then finally, the point you raised, Hugh, yes, I believe the Supreme Court needs to issue the opinion in the Dobbs case now. However they rule, whatever the breakdown of the justices' opinions are, they need to issue those opinions or at least the judgment now before some other lunatic Democratic hitman thinks that he can change the court's decision and the course of history by assassinating a Supreme Court justice. The superintendent of the Texas school where 19 students and two teachers were fatally shot said Thursday that the district will hire more police officers in the fall, but released no information about the investigation. During a sometimes contentious news conference, Uvalde school district officials said they would not answer any questions about the investigation or personnel matters. Hal Harrell, who is the superintendent of the Texas district where 19 students and two teachers were killed, says they will be hiring more police officers. We're in the process of developing a list of actions we can take to strengthen security on all of our campuses. In addition, law enforcement officers have been assigned to each campus during summer school, and it is our goal to hire additional officers to be assigned to each campus for the upcoming school year. Harrell says no decision has been made about what to do with the Robb Elementary campus. There are discussions about what that will look like as we move forward as a community. We'll have some community input. And Harrell says there will not be any more classes at Robb Elementary. We will not be going back to that campus in any form or fashion. There will be no school personnel on that campus as we move forward. Gas Buddy, a service that helps drivers find deals on gas, said the average historic price at the pump passed $5 for the first time ever. 
AAA said the nationwide average for regular on Thursday was 4.97 a gallon, up a quarter in just the past week, and a dollar 90 more than drivers were paying one year ago. Pump prices have been steadily rising for months since shooting past the $4 mark in early March. Gas prices in several states are now spiking upwards of 10 cents a day. Now this motorist says his family has to think about where they can travel and how far they can go. With the West Coast by far paying the most, the pinch at the pump is hitting families like Hector Alvarez's hard. It's starting to affect the budget. In Los Angeles, where many are dishing out $7 a gallon, Alvarez, who supports a family of seven, is juggling skyrocketing housing prices, staggering inflation, and now record fuel costs. We have to, you know, really think about how far we can travel or where we can go. But gas prices aren't only hurting Americans in their pocketbooks. According to reports, many police stations are feeling the pain as well. One Michigan police department says higher gas prices are forcing them to rethink how to handle non-urgent calls. Also in a statement, the Isabella County Sheriff's Office in Michigan said, we have exhausted what funds were budgeted for fuel with several months to go before the budget is reset. They have instructed deputies to attempt to manage whatever calls are acceptable over the phone. This would be non-in-progress calls, non-life-threatening calls, and calls that do not require evidence collection or documentation. There's wedding bells for a former pop star. Britney Spears and a longtime boyfriend and fitness trainer said their I do's on Thursday. Final preps were underway with the construction of a tent outside her home in Los Angeles. She's reportedly set to marry fiancé Sam Ascari in an intimate ceremony in this very tent. According to reports, there will only be 60 guests from their close inner circle, including Madonna, Selena Gomez, and Paris Hilton. However, her two teenage kids are not going. Not clear why. Spears and Sam Ashgari married in L.A. in an intimate family wedding attended by about 60 guests of those in their close circle. And finally, astronomers have found a second example of a highly active repeating fast radio burst with a compact source of weaker but persistent radio emission between bursts. The Hubble Space Telescope's YouTube channel explains. This autumn, astronomers were astonished by unprecedented activity in space. Over a period of just a month and a half, more than 1,600 radio signals reached Earth, whereas earlier such news was at best numbered in the dozens. It got to the point where in just one hour, our earthly scanning devices recorded as many as 150 signals. Scientists were shocked by this, especially since fast radio bursts are considered the most inexplicable phenomenon in the universe. The Hubble YouTube channel and commentators go on to say that fast radio bursts are a relatively new space discovery. What are single radio impulses and where do they come from? 
fast radio bursts are quite new to scientists. They were first discovered in 2007. Like many phenomena in the field of astronomy, the discovery was made by accident. In this case, during data analysis of pulsars. The discovery raises new questions about the nature of these mysterious objects and also about their usefulness as tools for studying the nature of intergalactic space. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.